right, you ready? I'm ready. And welcome to the Zero Stars Podcast, a podcast about Marvel movies and sometimes video games. My name is Bob. We always talk about video games. This is Matt. And we always <laughs> talk about video games, or at least I do. Yeah, I was going to say, some of us talk about video yeah. games. Um, some of us haven't given up yet. I've given up. <laughs> this is old age. <laughs> Have you played any video games? No. All right, well, let's talk about Marvel movies, because I know you watched at least one of those. Exactly. And what did we watch, Matt? We watched 2012's The Avengers, directed by Joss Whedon, written by Joss Whedon, with a story There's by a story Zach credit Penn. from Zach Penn, who wrote our least favorite Marvel movie, and for some of us, maybe our least favorite movie, movie. <laughs> yeah. full stop, The Incredible Hulk. I wonder, like, because as you noted, like, uh, Joss, or as you noted to me off mic, Joss Whedon was not thrilled about having to share any kind of story credit on this with Zach Penn. But I wonder if you're just, like, the first person to write a Marvel movie starring these characters. Like, even if you scrap the entire script, it is still your story because it contains these characters. Well, and there is also, I read that, I think, on the Wikipedia or something. It was, oh, so this is, like, apocryphal. very common knowledge. But, well... Joss they, Whedon added it to the Wikipedia himself. <laughs> there were apparently like studio directives that were like, these plot points have to happen, which makes sense that all these movies would need some sort of oh, overarching yeah. thing so that they could be structured as a unit. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder if it's like simply by virtue of writing down a scenario that puts the people in the right places. That is a story credit. You're never going to change that enough, right? Yeah. You're even, like, even if every piece of dialogue changes exactly. in the process. It's yeah. sort of still the same quote-unquote story. Yeah. So where does this story kick off? Oh, boy. And apologies to everyone because we're going to get all over the place on this yeah, one. This is a swampy mess of a movie to recap. Yes. It is going to be... like I, I am so impressed with whoever initially laid out the... Uh, the note cards for this because <laughs> it is incredibly complex. I imagine it was storyboarded within an inch of itself. I hope so for the sake of everyone working on yes, it. Yes, yeah. Um, before we get started, we actually do have corrections from That's last true. time. Let's go and uh, jump into our corrections. And there are two issues that people found with our recap of Captain America, our recap uh, of Captain America, the first Avenger. Number one, Tony Stark's suit is not made of vibranium. What is it made of? He says some sort of advanced alloy. He says that in the okay. first Iron Man. Whatever it is, though, it is something that Whiplash cannot cut through with his whips. He, he cuts it kind of, but yeah, not to the same degree he can cut through an F1 car. Through, yeah. Uh, so it is not made out of the same metal as an F1 car. Yeah. That, great, great point. I think F1 let's cars are made the, out of like carbon fiber, though. Let's add that to the Wikipedia. Okay, I'll get on it. And uh, the other issue is that when Stanley Tucci asks Captain America if he wants to kill Nazis... Captain America does not say he wants to kill Nazis. He says instead, I just don't like bullies, which apparently will be important later on. So we were told. All right. With that out of the way, let's dive into the insanely complex plot of the Avengers. All that being said, as complex as this is, the very opening scene is relatively straightforward and spells out the what the bad guys want when you get like a voiceover about the tesseract which is the power yeah. cube from captain america yes um that was also we saw at the end of thor so the movie starts out in outer space where loki who has um apparently ended up in some strange world after dropping himself into the wormhole yeah he's in like underworld with all the weird aliens yeah the the ones who like stay in the dark because we don't like to have to look at them yeah they're like morlocks they're like the undersea fish where <laughs> they have like lights on their heads and stuff <laughs> Um, Loki is talking to the leader of this alien race known as the Chitari. I hope I'm pronouncing that you. Correctly. I believe that is correct. I feel like I'm going to really offend a lot of people if I'm not. Our Chitari listeners, definitely. Yeah. Um, so the Chitari say they want the Tesseract, and if Loki can get them the Tesseract, they will give him an army of Chitari aliens with which to conquer Earth. Because he really wants to conquer Earth. Yeah, I think just because he doesn't like people. Yeah. And because his brother Thor likes Earth. That's I think so. it's more that he wants to get one over on Thor, on Thor. Yeah. by like ruling Earth, this thing that Thor feels like he has protective a, of. Yeah, he needs to protect. 
Yeah. So the Chitari want the Tesseract. We don't know why they want the Tesseract yet, other than that it's very powerful. And, and we've seen it open up like portals yeah. into space. So like we, all kinds of cool stuff. I can see why you might want the Tesseract. Yeah. So um, that happens. They have they they make a deal. And then they predator handshake, mm-hmm. um, and the the Chitari have like eight hands, so it's really impressive. They do not know. Interesting side note: all of the aliens in this are just kind of people. They're very like yes. Star Trek alien. Oh yeah, like 100%. we kind of did some makeup on a dude, but he's still kind of a dude. I when we when you watch when we watch Ga- Guardians of the Galaxy, it will be more egregious than ever. I mean, I don't dislike that. Um, it is just sometimes they look like they are just like. Like they are just wearing these like velour body suits a little that bit. are just black, and we're meant to believe that like part of it is their skin. <laughs> yeah, it's it's always kind of a little funny that like for so much imagination that is happening in these movies, that then it's time to think up an alien race, and they're like, it's like a purple dude. Especially because in the comics, I feel like a lot of them are less um, humanoid. Humanoid, yeah. Well, it would cost a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, clearly. So anyway, back on Earth, Nick Fury and Maria Hill who is Robin from How I Met Your Mother. Colby Schmolders. Yeah. I think that's how she likes her name pronounced. (laughs) Uh, Nick and Maria show up at this uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. location where Phil Coulson is hanging out with the Tesseract. Hawkeye is there to guard the Tesseract, and Papa Skarsgård from Thor Mm -hmm. is there working on the Tesseract. They're trying to figure out what it is. And we know from that one post-credit sequence that maybe Papa Skarsgård has been in some way like influenced by Loki. Yeah, at this point. It's yeah, he's Loki is somewhere over his shoulder at the very least. Yeah, like we know that Loki has Loki is definitely aware of what is going on here even if he is not on yeah. Earth at that time. Which is convenient because while everybody is assembled, suddenly the Tesseract like power numbers are off the chart and it opens a wormhole out of which walks Loki. Yes, he like warps down and then he's got a cool scepter. Very, yeah, it's it's amazing to me that he didn't have the scepter in other movies because it seems so he's, part of his he's kit. He's given the scepter by the Chitari. Oh, okay. To that do this. Sense. I mean, they gave it to him, but they definitely tailored it to his like aesthetic. Oh, yeah. They're like, dude, we're not going to give you some like jank-ass scepter. Yeah. Like, this thing is cool. Yeah, and it's going to look just like your horns. Yeah. Which I'll I'll be honest I kind of came around on the horns by the end of this yeah movie. I kind of did too but uh, all right we're gonna come back we'll come back of to all the, the dumb things hats. that I came around on it was kind of the horns <laughs> yeah well I can I kind of came around on Loki because so Loki shows up and he immediately like everybody's trying to kill him because it's a terrifying dude what just came out of the tesseract he like shoots Nick Fury and he starts like touching people with his scepter and when he does this their eyes go all crazy and they kind of get hypnotized to yeah. be, like, acolytes of Loki. Yeah. And so then he does he this to Hawkeye. does this to Hawkeye and Papa Skarsgård. Forces them to run with him into a truck and then crouches in the back of the truck as it drives away <laughs> and just glowers at people as he drives <laughs> out into the street. It's like it's kind of like the opening of Skyrim, but he's the only one <laughs> he's in the He's the only back. one in the truck. Um, and then there's, like, a chase and stuff, but... Yeah. Nick Fury and Maria get away after like some action sequences. But let it be known, Loki has escaped. Loki has the Tesseract. Yes. Uh, and that's no good. And then we get a title card. And at this point, I'm feeling pretty awesome. Strong opening scene. Somehow I have now come around on Loki, like immediately. I'm like, oh, Loki's a scary dude. Yeah. Like he is a creepy, he is super powerful. And you get the vibe. There is. I think always like the scariest thing in a villain is the sense that like they kind of don't care about their personal well-being. Mm-hmm. Like that's always frightening because yeah, they're willing to go to extremes and to risk their own their own well-being in order to accomplish whatever crazy thing. They and want at to this accomplish. point, you know, like we kind of learned that Loki couldn't be killed, yeah. but because he just looks like a guy, there's something interesting about seeing all these people interact with him. And realizing that he just can't be killed. I mean, he can't be killed in normal human means. Sure. We are just reminded of the fact that he is a god. Yeah. So he's scary. I like it. Yeah. The so Avengers. He gets away. Title card, The Avengers. We, uh, Nick Fury is like, we have to start the Avengers in- initiative. Then we get the title card, technically. Yeah. Um, then we cut to somewhere. I don't remember where. Is it Russia? I don't know. Natasha um, Romanoff, who, of the Romanoff family. Um <laughs> She's the one who got away. (laughs) (laughs) 
uh, I bet that that is that is a hundred percent somewhere in the Marvel backstory, like in one of the the universes. I actually really like that as a backstory for yeah. her. Now I'm much more interested in the Black Widow movie that's coming out. I yeah, especially because it's a it's a prequel apparently. Oh really? Yeah. That makes sense. I bet it's set in the 80s because everything's set in the 80s these days. That sounds pretty awesome. Um, so anyway, Natasha is like with a, she's like restrained in a chair. There's like these mobsters or something are like circling around her and they're like, we want information. She's like, ah, snark, 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 snark. 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 Yeah. And, and then like it, all these things happen that remind you that you are watching a Joss Whedon movie. And it's just like snark town. She takes a call very casually in, in the, the middle midst of it. Yeah. Uh, and I believe at that point it's just like, oh, no, Nick Fury has been shot like. Like she's like, oh, I have to stop playing with these guys and and like murder them and then go do my new mission. Yep. Does she murder them? Is my main question. I remember someone like getting strung up on like a uh, like on a metal no that, chain that's, link. That's, no, that's later because that's when Loki kills some people. Oh, okay. I thought, did she kill them? For those just... at home, it has been too long since we were able to record. Uh, we're going to be much better about this in the future, but there are going to be gaps in our also, understanding. There's just there's just so much happens in this movie. Dude, so much happens just, in It's this an movie. absurd amount. Oh, my God. In any case, Natasha gets out of the situation um, with some quips, <laughs> and and then immediately we, we cut to Calcutta, where she shows up and begins talking to uh, a doctor there who has been helping people, and it turns out that this is Bruce Banner, no longer played by Edward Norton, now played by, in my opinion, an upgrade in Mark Ruffalo. Huge upgrade, and honestly, Mark Ruffalo's performance here, in this scene alone, you're like, oh, this is so much better, and you are so much more in touch with this character, and you give him a weird nervous energy where I actually am like, he feels like much more resigned to who he is. It's good. It's, it's like a slightly less emo yeah more, more resigned less actively so i think that here's here's the thing that's really amazing to me about it is that mark ruffalo seems like just in his personality and his general demeanor seems like not a threatening person mm-hmm. and he is able to sell that he is like not a threatening person who at any moment could become <laughs> a threatening person like there's something kind of scary about his interactions with people like yes. you he genuinely feels kind of like a ticking time bomb he's really good in it very I, good. it's one of those things where again if you didn't think that the hulk was number 23 uh, on the list of best marvel <laughs> movies before you definitely know it is now like it is crazy how much better he is at playing the hulk it is very good and natasha manages to convince him to because he kind of has to come because they've surrounded, they've surrounded the, house. the place yeah. at the same time he also acknowledges that were they to try and take him in by force, it goes very bad for Calcutta. <laughs> yeah, and this has happened before in Rio de Janeiro. Yeah, we know what happens. Yeah. Uh, all right, so she gets him. At this point, do we get Tony? Yeah, we get Tony at this point. Tony and Pepper are hanging out in New York City where Tony has built a brand new tower called Stark Tower. <laughs> and he's just like, he's fly- he's like fixing some stuff. He's like welding some stuff underground so that he can provide like... Power like, to the city. Power- well, no, it's power to it's like oh, he it's wants power this to green power, but it's like green power, so that like he's somehow cutting down on like or where they're getting the power. I can't remember. No, he builds an arc reactor under That's the building so, so that the building is, is power, powered is powered just by, the, by arc the arc reactor. Factor. So it's so really Tony is also an environmentalist. Well, he's an industrialist environmentalist in the same yes. way that Elon Musk makes electric cars. Yes, it's it, but it's a nice touch. Yeah, it is oh, a nice it's touch. great. It feels we still really like Tony yes, Stark. We still really like Tony Stark. He's still like a prick, but like he's also built an arc reactor too. Like not necessarily because he wants to save the Earth, but just like because he can do this and make yeah. building a green building. So okay, he's there. He's living his best life. He and Pepper are together. Yes, they like are, and I think that they're about to have a date when Casual Agent, Pepper, Casual Pepper, yeah, yeah, not Business Pepper, not Business Pepper, and they're they're about to like hang out and have some beers because Tony's not an alcoholic in these movies. I keep forgetting that, but he's not an alcoholic in these movies. He has problems, but he has other problems. Um, and uh, Agent Coulson just like kind of invites himself over. <laughs> yeah, which admittedly I'd let him in. <laughs> yeah, I would too. I mean, he's not super powered, but he's a nice guy. Yeah, he is a nice guy. Yeah, and they give him a lot more to do in this movie. Oh, so much and more. He is a great character. It's in this like movie. they're setting him up for something. I 
didn't realize it when it was happening, but yes. Uh, so Coulson shows up and is like, hey, we're doing the Avengers thing. You got to come with me. There's a bunch of shit going down. Yeah, we got to go to Germany or something because that's where we think Loki drove. And they drove the truck all the way to Germany. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, oh, no, we are going to have to recover Loki. Yes, we have to We have to recover Loki and the Tesseract. Yep. Um, so uh, Tony's like, all right. I guess. And Pepper's like, ah, oh, all right. You always you run, always off. run like, off. I think that yeah. they give him, I like this because they give him like a file that's like, here's what's been going down. Mm-hmm. And they acknowledge Tony's like, I'm going to, I have to read all of this. And Pepper is like, I just know you're going to do that. And you're yeah. like, oh yeah, Tony Stark is a nerd. I love it. Um, Pepper cracks War and Peace because she knows it's going to be a while. <laughs> I mean, so. it looks like a lot of information. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Meanwhile, Nick Fury is going into a boxing gym? Like a Gold's Gym somewhere. (laughs) Who knows? I'm guessing like in Kansas, just knowing who Steve Rogers is. I believe that it's like the place they constructed for Steve Rogers to pretend it's like To pretend so he can like not feel like that that culture shock. Yeah. But I mean a Gold's Gym kind of is like that. That is what it is. Uh, I haven't been to one, but yeah. They, it's weird because we have seen this exact scene in the pre in the post credit sequence, but shot differently. And it has like, it more. Is, there's more going on in this. Yeah, yeah. But it is like it is a reshot scene. It is not the scene that we saw at the end of Captain America. It is a brand new scene, but with the exact same staging and the exact same. Joke. I think parts of it are the same. It's bad. Because I love this scene, but we already kind of saw it, yeah. and so it just loses some of its impact because it's Steve Rogers with like a punching bag, and he just blasts it off the chains, and then he picks up another one, and he has He's this got row like a, a row of, of punching, punching bags. bags just to work through. Uh, it is 100% a hundred percent. It's a totally different shot because the lighting is noticeably yeah, different. It's good, noticeably brighter. Very good scene. But Wish I hadn't scene. seen it before. Anyways, Nick Fury's like, "Yo, we got to go do this thing," and Steve is like, "Yep." <laughs> I, I am Steve Rogers. I am Steve Rogers. I, I'm going to do this. You, you say you say something needs saving. I'm going to save it. They call me Mr. Rogers. So he <laughs> takes off his indoor shoes, puts on his outside shoes, and gets to work. Saves his neighborhood. Um, okay. Oh, there's so All much right. movie. Jump across the ocean to Germany. So Hawkeye and uh, Papa Skarsgård are trying to help Loki stabilize the Tesseract's power. I don't know exactly. We don't know why they need to stabilize it or how stabilizing it is going to help. Well, they're working on the thing that I think they were working on before, which would let them turn it into a bridge. Into a bridge that, yeah, okay, then opens so the Chitauri can so come the down. can come down. Yeah. Okay, and so, then and then eventually Loki can deliver the Tesseract after he's conquered Earth. Exactly, because the army will come down, and then Loki will give them the Tesseract, and everybody will be happy. Yeah. So they they need some sort Except of special metal. <laughs> they need some sort of special metal to do this. Yeah, they need like a stabilizing metal which they need to steal. So now there's a heist sequence at this like gala event. Yeah. Um and Loki shows up and like attempts to subjugate a bunch of humans. <laughs> and meanwhile, Hawkeye is like sneaking in to steal this metal and actually kills a handful of people. Oh yeah, like when he's under mind control, Hawkeye is murdering. Yes. And I I, I want to put a tab in this because I want to come back to this moment later. Okay. Um, in our, our continued chronicle of like who kills who in the Marvel universe. Everybody kills a lot in this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but Loki is like trying to subjugate these Germans and they're like, we've seen people like you before. Yep. Yep. Timely World War II reference. Too <laughs> uh, bad Steve is not there I know. for it. <laughs> Wait, doesn't he show up? He is, but not at that point. I think he shows up like shortly after. I think he walks into the crowd. Yeah. And then, like, like the shield, I think, comes out of nowhere and, like, knocks Loki yep, over. Yep. And then Tony comes in, and they, like, they subdue Loki. And, and they're uh, like, we're going to take Loki in. So they, like, put him on this plane, and they're flying along, and all of a sudden, there's a clap of thunder. Because the god of thunder has arrived. Yeah. And Thor is like, this is an inter-family squabble. I want to <laughs> settle it with my bro right now. And everybody else is like, oh, god damn it. <laughs> he s- surfs the... Uh, the plane that they are in, as though he is wakeboarding. It's pretty cool. <laughs> it is kind of cool. And uh, eventually they're like, we have to just like drop Loki out of the back of this or something. What? What is it? The, I, like he's going to bring the plane down? Yeah, or does like Captain... Mar- I don't know. Anyway, something they're happens. suddenly on the ground. They're on the ground. They're in the woods. They're yeah. fighting. There is a four, like, four-way like four fight between them. Three-way fight. Three-way fight. Three-way yeah. fight. Thor, Thor, Tony, and Steve are all fighting. Yeah, and this concludes when Thor swings his hammer, hits Captain America's shield, and the vibranium just like 
reflects the hammer, yeah. and then like everyone is just like stunned by the resulting shockwave. Like, there's like a trees are knocked down. Yeah, like, it is it, bad. It, yeah, they uh, create like a crop circle. Exactly, and then everybody's just like, maybe we shouldn't do that anymore, and I guess try to get along a little bit. And Thor is basically like, yeah, I didn't really have a plan. So yeah, yeah let's let yeah. What are you guys going to do with him? Classic I'll Thor talk move. To him later, yeah. Acting before there is a plan. <laughs> um, I like that Thor seems to have learned basically nothing from his own film. <laughs> he is he is a flat character, but I'm okay oh, I with love it. him. Yeah, I'm just saying that like I appreciate his kind of lack of growth. He can grow later, right? I guess we've got we've only got like another eighty hours of movies. Exactly, to get exactly. There will be Thor growth. So, um. They go to this big flying fortress in the sky yep. that Shield has assembled. So they, they and we get to see it at first as a boat. Yes, and then it like takes off and is a flying craft. And the amount of shots of this thing taking off out of the water, it is pornographic. I was just gonna say pornographic. <laughs> Whoever did it designed With the water this boat, streaming yeah, off of it, it is like a Bond girl coming out yes, of the ocean. <laughs> It is ridiculous. They just like luxuriate in these shots of this aircraft carrier that can Every fly. Every angle. Yeah, you see you get all of it. Profile shots from <laughs> below. All of it. It is so lengthy. Uh, anyways, it's kind of cool. Yeah, this thing is a Snapchat that you can subscribe to. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. All the dudes are now on this ship. And on board this ship, they have this weird glass container that they intended to have Bruce Banner sleep in because they wanted to be able to, at any point, drop this container out of the ship in case he became the Hulk. It's a while contingency he was on plan it. for the Hulk, essentially. Yeah. Instead of putting the Hulk in it, they put Loki in it. Yeah. So he's in this giant, like I, I assume it's not actually glass, but like something super strong. Glassish. Glassish. It's transparent. So he's in this big cage, and he's just like pacing, etc. Um, and he's very relaxed. People are like, it's almost like he wanted to be. It trapped. is almost as though he wanted yes. to be caught. Um, okay, at this point, there is kind of tensions are running high because nobody knows what they want to do with Loki. Steve Rogers doesn't like that Tony Stark is a dick. Yeah, they have some really good kind of back and forth. Tony, Tony, and Bruce have some excellent back and forth. Well, and they like that each is, other. They like each other. Science dudes. And this is actually one of my favorite parts of the movie because you are just putting a bunch of people yep. in a room and seeing how different people bounce off one another, like the personalities. And the characters are good enough that it works. Exactly. It is just like it is just like from a writing standpoint, it is just fun. I can only imagine how much fun that scene must have oh, been to write. And it feels fun to shoot. Like yeah. everybody just gets to be quote-unquote themselves yes uh and it is fun especially because like you know everybody kind of recaps like their character yes. in this moment so that you kind of reestablish where everybody's at yeah um and you're like okay everything seems to be going pretty well how could it go bad so but they need to find the tesseract and they're arguing about how they're going to do this and then they also learn i don't remember how they learn but they like i think that tony like has hacked into the um flying fortresses database and he yep. finds out that shield wants to obtain the tesseract so that they can use it to build weapons of mass destruction to fight aliens yeah that they believe are going to inevitably come and in. because of the tesseract like, because like, of, because it's of the like tesseract because the tesseract exists so we should be using it to build yes. weapons and because of the like what happened in thor we know that there are alien like creatures out there somewhere we know that the universe is much bigger than we thought it was etc cetera, etc cetera. exactly so um everyone's arguing about this there's the implication that like loki has somehow not mind controlled them, but like manipulated them into fighting, the, into well, this infighting. It's almost just like that he, by being there, understands that it, he will create this sort of attention. Yeah. There is that scene though where um, Bruce is just like going off about how he doesn't want to Hulk out and he doesn't like it. And it's awful. And no one has any idea how bad it is. And then like everyone is just kind of like staring at him, like they're very afraid that he's going to Hulk out. And then Tony says something like like let go of the scepter and you and then like camera pulls back when we realize that bruce is holding loki's scepter that's true it's a very it feels like a moment that's not fully followed up on but, but at maybe the same time, it's, it's that very we missed tense. it because yeah there's so much movie. because there is there's an and i've this is the third time i've seen this movie <laughs> i have seen this movie just this time yeah. and like there's just so much movie yeah uh okay so around this time um evil hawkeye 
and some other Loki sympathizers are have like infiltrated uh, or are, like the infiltrating big flying, the big flying invisible, invisible ship. ship. I don't understand how they get by the ship's radars, but somehow they do. Yeah, and know. like they blow up one of the uh, one of the engines. This thing has like four engines. It's like it's like a drone. Yeah, it looks like a drone exactly. And they just blow off one of the engines on it, and like it's like, oh no, the engine stopped. We're gonna fall out of the sky. Everything's bad. This is obviously a very tense situation. They go, Natasha Romanoff, you need to go and hang out with Bruce Banner and hopefully not have him hulk out. And just, he's just soothe him. Right. And he's like, tell um, him jokes. <laughs> yeah. And it's pretty clear that he's going to hulk out. Uh, they run down into, as you described it in our recap notes that we tried to write up for this because we were like, this movie is really long. Uh, a parking garage? It does on seem this like ship? it's some random it's like, some open space. Underground, yeah. but they're in the air. I don't know. And there are like vehicles around. Well, I, you know, it makes sense. There are like parking garages for planes on aircraft. Yes. Carriers. So, it, but it, it is like they're they're under they're in the thing. Yeah, but like I think he hulks out and or like they they get knocked down a floor somehow. Yeah, they're like down in the floor, and he's doing his best, but it's not enough. He hulks out. Guess what? The special effects look good now. Like he looks pretty awesome. Still green. He actually looks like uh, Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, which is tremendous. Yeah. Like. I, he is a believable big green version of his human self, yes. which is a more than I can say for the other Hulk movie. Yeah. Uh, and now he's just ripping everything up. And it's obviously very bad to have the Hulk loose on your flying aircraft carrier. Yes. Um, this is exactly the situation that S.H.I.E.L.D. was afraid of. And Bruce Banner was also afraid of it. Yeah. And begs the question, like, should, you know, was this worth the risk? <laughs> or should we have stayed in the water? Yeah. Actually, all right, question. Is it better to be in the air or in the water when the Hulk hulks out? I think they want to be in the air because if in their initial plan, if he hulked out, he would be in the container and they could so they drop can, him. So they can drop it out. Okay. And then he wouldn't be able to stay with them. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, Loki is in that container yes. and they don't really have a lot of options. He is loose in the parking garage. <laughs> Um, so Natasha gets away, but barely. She's like can't calm Bruce, and Bruce just like goes on a tear. And let's just let's just follow Bruce through this section because we have multiple things going on at once. Yes, there's so a lot happening. Let's just follow Bruce. Bruce goes on a tear. He Thor kind of descends and is like trying to battle him to like kind of like you know not get him to chill out but subdue him in some yep. way. And like does things where he like puts the hammer on his hand because he can't pick up the hammer and yes. like kind of pins him for a second. Yeah, and that's pretty cool. Like, yeah, the idea that even the Hulk. Yeah, they they are very good fight scenes, and the yeah. fa the idea that like the Hulk even is not worthy. Well, we know the Hulk's not worthy yeah. of wielding the hammer. Never a question, but just like the hammer's magic powers being greater than any sort of physical strength are mm -hmm. always kind of interesting. Oh, totally. So, um, so the Hulk, like, at some point, like, gets outside of the the ship, and there are now like um, shield planes They're coming like in, scrambling to jets, yeah, to intercept, and the Hulk jumps on one of these and starts tearing it apart. The pilot does get out. I ejects. Notice. He ejects. But the Hulk rides this plane to the ground. Yes. And the, so the Hulk is now grounded. That's the Hulk. Somewhere. Hulk's, somewhere. <laughs> That's the story that we have so far. Right. Um, for the Hulk. All right. Let's move over to Natasha. Because at last we left off with her, she was she had escaped the Hulk. Yes. And so she runs into Hawkeye, who she has a relationship with because they are... Captain America is by name the first Avenger, but the first people who are actually part of the Avengers initiative are Hawkeye, are Hawkeye and Natasha, and they have like a past and, and like a friendship. Um, and so she's like trying to reason with him, but he is still mind controlled. That's some strong hypnosis. But it can be broken by physical injury. <laughs> yeah. So she just knocks him the fuck out. And it turns out that that breaks his mind spell. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. So that's Natasha's story. Let's go. Let's talk about Cap and Iron Man. Oh, so I this is a really this is one awesome of your favorite sequence. Parts. I love this. Yeah. This is a great sequence because immediately before this, they're having this like terrific like banter section where Tony's like, Everything is special about you came from a bottle and Captain America's like, put on the suit. <laughs> and like they're going let's, back and forth. Yeah. And then it's great because the bad dudes show up and Captain America's like, put on the suit. And you're like, Yeah, this is yeah. awesome. This is great writing, everything's awesome. And they go, we need to restart one of the engines. 
a task that seems impossible. Um, Captain America needs to flip some switch. Tony Stark is going to try and like jumpstart the engine by, by literally pushing, pushing the, ro- <laughs> the the propellers, which will go yeah. faster than he can fly. So that's obviously bad. Very tense sequence. Yeah, really it's, good. It's uh, as you were saying before, like it is. It is excellent for your sense of scale to help you realize how big this ship actually is. Yeah. It is um it is my favorite thing cuz it is grounded but it is also like heightened and oh, very it's and very comic booky. Yeah. But it is about something tactile. It oh, is about yeah. like we literally need to push this propeller and flip this switch yeah. so that this thing will stay afloat. And it's but, so like, it's yeah. so obvious like what they need to do and like they do great shots where it's like at one point Steve Rogers gets knocked out of the plane and he's like holding onto a rope. Yeah. And then they give you this insane wide angle shot where he has like a dot on your TV yes. and then and then they come back and he's like just holding onto this rope while people shoot at him. And Tony's like and Tony's like, I've got the propeller going, you need to put the <laughs> yeah, switch and Steve things. is just like, I'm trying. <laughs> so good. Uh, yeah. It is just like classic movie making, just like yeah. very good. Oh, fantastic. Well shot. Everything is in, in perspective. You know where everything is at every given moment. In nearly any other movie, this would be like end of movie type sequence. Yes. Guess what? We are halfway through <laughs> this guy. Like it is ridiculous. And thus halfway through the recap. <laughs> uh, let's take a break. So Steve and Tony manage to get, they the, get it going. They get it going again. Tony gets like kind of half mulched by a propeller. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and now we have Thor who failed, failed. to fight the Hulk. <laughs> yes. And so he's like, this is my brother's fault because like everything comes back to family. So he goes with them. And, definitely. And decides to confront Loki in that like room with the glass, the glass cage. Yep. So um, I don't exactly remember how this works. I do not remember the How mechanics do, of yeah. it. Yeah, so he comes in, the cage is open, or something. Or no, he opens it and he goes in to attack Loki. Yeah. Somehow Thor gets trapped in the cage, but I don't understand how Loki got out of the cage. I don't remember, but Loki is the trickster. Yes. Whatever. Thor is now in the cage, can't get out of the cage, and is forced to watch. As Agent Coulson comes in, and it seems like he's going to blast Loki away. He's got like a big ass Men in Black gun. He's, well, he's got one of the, like the guns that like like the Nazis had. I think that like disassembles people. I oh, think it's okay. one of those. That's things. a nice way of saying kills. Well, but like those guns like vaporize people. Yeah, which is why it was always like frightening that they might use that on Steve Rogers because like a bullet's not going to kill that guy. But oh, okay, that I gun see. is. All right, I had forgotten that entirely from Captain America. I liked Captain America more than Matt. <laughs> Um, but uh, it turns out that Loki has tricked us all yet again, and he, he is, is the actually, trickster. He, he is actually behind Agent Coulson, who he stabs with his scepter. And I will admit that I was really surprised by this, uh, mainly because I just like never see things coming in movies, but also because I really thought Coulson was like going to be a more long-standing part of our journey, uh, just because he got the whole crew together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. How much of your bubble do you want me to burst none, right now? None. It's nothing to do with the movies. Oh, okay. Agent Coulson, to my knowledge, does not return to the movies, but they did this so that they could give him a TV show. Oh. <laughs> I don't I don't I Because just, this is comic books like, and no one is ever actually dead. I like watching him in the movies. <laughs> I know. Anyway, uh what we have learned prior to this though is that Coulson was obsessed with Captain America as a kid. He really has loved, always loved Captain America. He's got America. all the Captain America cards yeah, and everything. And just like has loved the idea of the Avengers. And so it's just like his greatest dream is being a part of this and seeing all these people and like getting to interact with Steve Rogers is insane. For he's him. given he's given like previously he was just sort of like charmingly G Man. G Man, but like now he is given an actual personality. Yeah. They're very much setting him up for this. And end. he gets stabbed and, he gets and stabbed. you're like God He gives like his final little speech about how like you'll never actually get away with this. Yep. But Loki drops Thor to Earth in yeah, the glass Loki container. Loki presses the button, glass container falls. Yeah. And then Agent Coulson, like, blasts Loki still with the gun, but it doesn't kill Loki. Yeah. It's his final thing, then he dies. Okay. Yeah. But, like, Loki still gets away. Loki gets away. Long story short, Loki gets Loki away. Loki gets away. Um, all right. So now we have the aftermath on this big flying fortress. We have the aftermath where um, those who are left on the fortress, we have uh, just Tony and Steve, I believe, and yes. Natasha. And now Clint, too, who has been resuscitated and brought back to himself. Hawkeye. Oh, yeah. 
Hawkeye, uh, I have a question. I don't remember. Does this happen or not? Does Hawkeye say to Natasha, did I kill anybody while I was under his control? Because I have this memory of Hawkeye being like, what did I do? What terrible things did I do? I don't remember. I'm going to be honest with you, though. The Hawkeye-Natasha parts of the story are the thing that I pay least attention to. And I don't even know why, but I feel like there's just so much movie that I have to pay less attention to I think to some I know it. why. But I don't Let's think that they're it later. bad. No, I don't think they're bad either. But like, but, I, I just have to pay less attention yeah. to some stuff, and I just don't. We'll talk about that after yeah. the summary. So I have no idea. Maybe he does. Yeah. Skip to one hour and 30 minutes uh, <laughs> if you want to hear our actual like critique of this. Of this yeah, six hours from now, we'll get there. <laughs> all right. Woo! <laughs> so Steve, Natasha, all right, they're all left there. Nick Fury comes in. He's like, they, he killed Agent Coulson. We need revenge. And like, then he's like, look, Coulson had these cards in his pocket when he died. And he throws the Captain America cards onto the table, and they are covered in, in blood. blood. And you're like, that is crazy. It's kind of fucked up, Joss Whedon. <laughs> yeah, it's like, whoa. It's especially screwed up when this obviously kind of like unifies the Avengers in yeah. their desire to avenge Coulson. But we learn... From Colby Smolders, <laughs> who is here for this reason, if yes. no other. She says to Nick Fury, those were in his locker. Those weren't actually in his pocket when he died. Uh, which implies that Nick Fury walked up to Agent Coulson's yes. dead body, dipped their <laughs> cards in some blood, said, this'll do. <laughs> Where did he get the blood? That well, is- I assume it's real blood. I... I need to know. Uh, I'm very curious, and I would hope that they made a TV show about that. Uh, Because I need to know where that blood came from. Anyways, Nick Fury's like, they needed it. And you're like, Nick Fury is a real ends justify the means kind of guy, because that was blood. (laughs) That was so messed up, Nick Fury. Um, So everybody now kind of feels like, I guess that we need to band together to fight these things, except that we are now spread all over the globe. At this point, Mark Ruffalo wakes up in a museum? Yeah, and Harry Dean Stanton is he there. He is nude. He is in the nude, and Harry Dean Stanton, <laughs> really one of the greatest actors of that generation, has three lines, <laughs> deadpan lines, playing a janitor who gives him a large pair of pants to wear. Yep. And then he finds a motorbike somewhere and uh, takes off. Uh, yeah. Thor, meanwhile, is plummeting to the earth and manages to like crack through this glass that is apparently very strong glass. I mean, he's a god. And he escapes. Yeah. And he, he escapes like crashes and then he's yeah. down on earth and he has his hammer again. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, Loki is in New York City. He got there. I don't remember how. Probably rode a truck in the back <laughs> of the truck. <laughs> well, someone drove him there. <laughs> He just hitchhiked yeah. with, the, like, with the scepter. With the scepter. You know, like, every so often, he'd be like, do I have to... He like started to like to like mesmerize them. The and then realized, like, no, no, no this, this person's just going the right way. And the guy's like, well, do you want to pick something on the radio? And he's like, ah, this guy's okay. Um, yeah, so he probably like rides along with a trucker. I don't know. Yeah, he gets to New York City, but he gets to Stark Tower, which is the tallest building in New York City. Yes. Um, and he sets up the Tesseract with Papa Skarsgård on top of Stark Tower. Do we think that... Maybe we missed it, but that they're using the arc reactor to power the thing. It could be. That starts... That they needed. But, I mean, they got the metals that they needed. Yeah, I don't know. Um, anyway, they, they set this up so they can open the wormhole over Manhattan. Um, <laughs> classic wormhole location. <laughs> yeah. Like, every movie. Well, if you're going to do it, this is definitely where you do it. Yes. And this is... I really enjoy having uh, this all get staged in New York and having it feel so New York-y. As like, opposed to that weird Although I think they small shot town in, Cleveland. in Phoenix. Oh, really? Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Do they have like very prominent shots of like... It's called computers. I don't believe it. Right, Are man. you telling me that there were green screens everywhere? Dude, I, I don't think that they were actually standing in some of those places. All right, so... Why even shoot it outside at that point? <laughs> I don't know if they do. Yeah. Okay, so... They open up the Tesseract. The Jatari pour in. They're riding on cool speeder bikes, and they're just like zooming around, and they're killing yeah. Amer- like American people, <laughs> red-blooded American New Yorkers, <laughs> yeah, Democrats. Man, I know, <laughs> killing Democrats wantonly. Uh, and we need those people to get the majority in the next <laughs> yes. round. So it's a real bummer for all of us. So we know who the Jatari is. Is yeah, is yeah. Supporting. Well, and did we have any doubt? No. <laughs> All right, so the Jatari are pouring in, and everybody's like, this is pretty messed Meanwhile, up. There are aliens in New York. <laughs> the Avengers finally assemble, all of them together. Bruce Banner showing up like an extra from the Motorcycle Diaries coming in <laughs> yeah, last minute. It is pretty cool. Yeah. Except that then he like shows up, and they're like, we really need you right now. And then he like 
it's a really weird interaction where they're like, we need you to get angry. And he's like, my trick is I'm always angry. And you're like, okay, I like that. But then he hulks out and now he can control it? It's, I mean, remember he learned to control it at the end of the last movie, but, but then, then he somehow lost control again. when they were on the ship yeah. and now he remembers? I really didn't understand this. And Harry Dean Stanton did something. I guess. Gave like, him, like, the best, like... Large pants. <laughs> like, large pants. <laughs> <laughs> like, the best, like, just, like, go get him tiger speech ever. I need to know. And they cut that. <laughs> if somebody could please tell us after this, like, why he is able to control the Hulk now and couldn't before, I would it's love unclear. to know. Anyway, we get that circling pan shot where we see all of them lined up and the music, the Alan Sil- Silvestri Avengers theme comes in for the first time. And you're like, all right, I'm going to watch a 20-minute action and scene. this action sequence, I love. I think it is fantastic. There are these enormous space snakes that are blasting through buildings. The Hulk is punching them. Tony Stark flies through one of them. There are moments where you get these, I am sure, 100% fake, but sustained long shots where you literally see every single character do something. It is the equivalent of a splash page. Oh, they're great. Which is, to enter the critique for a moment, this is one of the most impressive it's it's not one of my favorite action sequences by any means but considering what it is trying to do which is to be a comic book it is quite possibly the most impressive action sequence i've ever seen i i was really i mean for a 20 minute long action sequence or whatever it is it's perfectly paced it's incredibly paced it's one issue of a comic book and you're spending and so much the, time with it, everybody. Yeah, it's the penultimate issue of the comic book. It's the one that you've been waiting for. Oh, yeah. And you get 24 pages of just pure action. <laughs> and, and, and it is all really well directed. Yes. Everybody's doing stuff. You're always situated in space. It, yeah. um, it has... It has... It feels chunky. It feels the, hard. For something that's like all of New York is getting destroyed, the stakes are very good because you actually see New York get destroyed in very tangible ways. And it doesn't take the Man of Steel route and like <laughs> like or the Power Rangers route, as I like to call it, because it Power Rangers beat Man of Steel by like decades <laughs> in just like Great wantonly point, destroying everything. Yeah, it, like it feel, towers full of people. You falling. feel like it's very bad that these yes. things are wrecking buildings, and you see you actually see people being like evacuated. We get you get that that waitress who reappears over yeah. and over again who fun fact that actress plays the character of ellie in the last of us you're blowing my mind right yeah. now um sometimes this is th- about video games <laughs> still i try <laughs> um so okay this this action sequence very good awesome stuff is happening and then basically at a certain point we realize that we can shut down the tesseract that is opening this portal if we have Loki's scepter. Yeah, Natasha realizes this from Papa Skarsgård, who I think the control on him is broken because the Hulk has, like, smashed up Loki. Because, like, basically Loki yeah. is incapacitated by the Hulk. Yes. So Loki is out of it. He is He's not dead, but he's, like, no longer he's operational. So, operational. Yeah. So uh, it's really just the Chitauri that everybody has to deal with. So they realize that they can shut the wormhole with the scepter, but simultaneously, Nick Fury is talking to, like, the evil underground UN. The people who didn't want to let the Avengers happen. Yes, but they're like, it's this worldwide coalition of, like... Old white dudes. Uh, and maybe yeah. one old white there's, lady. There's one old white lady who um, who basically tell Nick Fury, like, we need to nuke New York, and he's like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you they're, shouldn't nuke New York. No, we, like. and, and they're like... We already sent the missiles yeah. out. So now there's a nuke flying towards New York. Tony Stark flies and intercepts the nuke. The true hero. Oh man. What what a I with don't a know. death wish. Yeah, I was gonna but like he's he's not the one to make the sacrifice play, right? Yeah. Uh grabs the nuke and then flies and he's like trying to redirect the nuke into and, the wormhole. Well, yeah, he act like I think he just wants to redirect the nuke, yeah. but he, in doing so, basically like flies it into the wormhole and like rides it into outer space. This scene is so awesome. There it's is a very an cool incredible scene. shot in it. Yes, uh, rides this nuke into outer space and like lets it go, and it shoots into the Chitari spacecraft and blows it up. So genocide accomplished. Well. Admittedly, though, they were trying to genocide us first. That's true. Now, Tony Stark like runs out of power at this point. His suit starts glitching because he is literally in space. And also, it's just like he has pushed it to its limits. Yes. Classic Iron Man acts as though he can hang with the big boys, but is also still just a dude. Yes, is not a god. <laughs> yeah, like... But Thor was busy. Well, and, you know, Captain America is similarly just, like, actually 
can do whatever. But can't fly. But can be frozen forever and like, yeah. you know. Yeah. But like Tony Stark's still always a dude. And yeah. so Tony Stark then like passes out and is just falling back through the wormhole at the same time that Natasha is closing it. He drops out of space time at the moment it closes. He falls to the ground. No, he doesn't fall to the ground. The oh, Hulk yeah. catches him. That's true. The Hulk, who is no longer just an angry monster somehow. <laughs> this is the thing, And though. has, like, emotions and cares. Why can the Hulk catch Tony Stark here? Because I, I need somebody to explain because, it. Because movie. But I no, mean, they're... Ha- they right could, into they, it. We probably missed something. I, I just Harry Dean Stanton did something. Yeah, like, what, what, did, he what do? did I miss? Did I fall asleep? I might have. Uh, <laughs> why is the Hulk There's able so to much do happening this? in this movie. Yeah, why is he suddenly sentient? Um, so anyway... Uh, Tony saved at the last moment, but he's not like closed. like alive when they open him up. He's like knocked out. They have to resuscitate him, basically. And he wakes up, and he says that he wants to get shawarma. Yeah, and it's a funny little thing. And then, it's but like, also, also Tony has seen some shit. Some shit. Like oh. Tony, basically, they all were dealing with with like extreme circumstances but like one of my favorite things <laughs> like about this an alien invasion is extreme circumstances but like tony has literally traveled through a wormhole oh yeah and basically assumed that he was going to die and this his trauma related to this is actually directly like addressed in the following movies in that's ways awesome that i think me. is really cool because like uh, that sequence honestly just everything involved yeah. with the tesseract mental health awareness totally yeah the tesseract uh, <laughs> i love this stuff with the Tesseract when people are like kind of touching that edge of reality. Yes. And, and I, it is maddening potentially. Right. Like, like it, you, it, he seems shook. Yeah. You are witnessing something that you 10 minutes ago did not know you existed, much less that you could witness. Particularly, it's like you're a dude who flies around in a robot suit and yeah. this blows your mind. Yeah. Uh, quick side note my other favorite thing about this movie is that when he first shows up, you realize that the ACDC that always plays when he's flying around is diegetic. <laughs> It's true. Uh, I didn't think about that. This is that. the first time He's that they kind of to he it. dude when he is flying in that thing he is just listening to Back in Black and that is so awesome. It's really cool. Uh, cuz sometimes I just listen to that at work and I'm like I'm doing the best work of my life. <laughs> and I'm not even I'm flying a robot an, suit. I'm setting up an arc reactor right now on my own. Uh so I, I love that. So anyway, that's basically the end of the movie. <sighs> they they are like the Avengers have assembled, they've saved New York. Yeah. Um Loki is subdued. And they um, take Loki away. They have the Tesseract back. Where? Oh, they give Loki to Thor. Yes. And so Thor is like, I will settle my interfamily dispute now. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, they have him. They like locked him up in some sort of interdimensional handcuffs. Right. And and then we get a shot of Tony and Pepper, and they are at the top of Stark Tower, and like having like a sip in a champagne or something. Mm-hmm. And they pull back and the Stark on the side of the tower has been like knocked down. So the only thing remaining is the A. Is the A. Yeah. And, you know, we cut to credits. Uh, we'll talk about the post-credits scenes. Scenes. After. But so. let's talk about this movie. We are, I've seen I want to say, how many minutes do you think we're into this? We're 40 minutes in. We're 50 minutes in. <laughs> You're fucking kidding me. <laughs> All right. Um, I have a lot of complicated feelings on this movie, but so do I'm I. going to summarize it this way. I've seen this movie three times. That is probably impacting how I feel about it, but I remember pretty clearly after watching it the first time um, that I thought that this movie was incredibly impressive and I wasn't super crazy about it. <sighs> My feeling now is this movie is even more impressive than I thought back then. And. I like it more than I did back then because of you all have the more context. I have more context. I still just like. It's very rare that I see a movie that I think is so objectively good that I just don't connect to. I am nodding so intensely because that's exactly how I feel. I just don't feel connected to it. Like, and it's because, and I think that like we're gonna talk about Hawkeye and and Black Widow, and I think that's part of it because there is so much going on. There are so many moving parts that. My favorite bits are always going to be when everybody's talking, you know, even more than when everybody's fighting. And there's just like a little bit too much going on that it doesn't it doesn't give me a chance to really get to know anyone in the way that I and want yet to. I, well, even though we know all of them, we know the, all of well, them. Well, we do, but the, the the weird thing is that they give equal time to people like Hawkeye and Natasha, and you're like, 
I they haven't had a movie. Yeah. Like, you know, it's... So like, they have to do extra lifting yeah, for Hawkeye and, and Natasha. and, like, when you get, like, the Steve Rogers, Tony Stark stuff, it's just so much fun for me because it's like, oh, they're just being the characters they are. Yeah. And, like, the Bruce Banner stuff, I guess, like, the dark thing is I don't think that about the Bruce Banner stuff, probably because The Incredible Hulk exists, and even though I hated it, I know enough. Also, Hulk, as an archetype, is just so strong. Yeah. You, like, you, just the Jekyll Hyde well, aspect of it is it so good. And he plays it so well. And, and Mark Ruffalo is so good at it. So, like, yeah... yeah Acting carries so much. It turns out being a good actor is hugely helpful to a character and in a film. That's one of the ironies. I mean, I know that we have at least one friend whose great gripe with all of this is that like the Marvel movies yes. have stolen great actors from other movies yes. and kept them from doing more movies. But at the same time, if these movies had been made with any other actors... Oh, God. It's amazing what Mark Ruffalo brings to this. I, Dude, like, I... Uh, Chris... Evans or, Hel- or Evans. Yeah. I think he gets more room in this one, and I like, I really like like the angle that like Captain America kind of just like resents this, yeah. like and kind of resents these people, and kind of like I I because he wants to be back in the in, with his yeah, he, girlfriend. He's a, he's a yeah. man outside of time, and like it's I it's funny because like his kind of blankness and a little bit of the first Avenger, I feel like kind of pays off in his sort of bitterness here towards yeah. people like Tony Stark. Uh, but yeah, like I think everybody is just firing on Tony Stark, all cylinders. Tony Stark, in many ways, being like the epitome of the 1980s, a, uh, <laughs> an era in which Captain America would have been very angry. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just good. Like it's very good. Oh. And meanwhile, you have Natasha, who is a quip machine, a Joss Whedon quip machine, because he writes strong women, and she's got guns, and she's got guns. And then you have Hawkeye, who is just sort of uh, not much. He's just a guy with he's a bow. A, well, he's good but, at it. But they try and establish this like interpersonal relationship through their friendship. And this is like the most quote unquote grounded, normal ass two people well, who just are two just people. friends. They're just two friends. But it gives it so much weight that doesn't work. I just don't get it. And and I don't either. I don't know. It it kind of it really doesn't like I don't think their scenes are bad, but they just but they're don't. Not, they're not people. Yeah, they don't deliver anything yeah. to me, like and the, I don't know why they're in the Avengers. Yeah, I. I mean, there's the logistical issues of like somebody like, needs to get the scepter into the thing. Yeah, I, but also like there's logistical issues of like we've got a god on one end of the spectrum, yeah, and then we have like you know dude with a bow and arrow She's on got the guns. other end, and the lady with the guns. They're both the most competent human beings who have ever lived, who, who have ever lived and don't have like special metal suits that like magic them around. But like at the same time, neither of them are actually characters in a large part because they haven't had their own movies. But like, I mean, I especially take issue with, with I think like the black widow character because she is just a like sarcasm machine and that is her character. And I find that sort of like, really irritating and i don't necessarily like hate the lines no they're all well written but she just it's just i don't know why she is the way she is my frustration is watching like a very good actor scarlett johansson a very good actor actor. not have anything to do other than read joss whedon lines but she does which she does she does a great job with but like but like (laughs) it's at the end of the day it's still just like Every single line, it is just like that is her character. I'm with it's, you because they're just like this is shorthand, and I'm and it just you. takes up more time. It makes the movie longer. Um, part of so part of me is like, why don't we just cut these two characters? I agree. At the same time, maybe we just should have done like a major Marvel release with a major female superhero before the Avengers, sure. so that we didn't have this issue. And, and then it could, you know, it's it's nice because if you don't want to like devote one to her and one to Hawkeye, like you get a two for there. Oh, totally. You make Hawkeye the minor dude. I don't give it. I don't or care. Just like cut Hawkeye. Who, <sighs> no one wants Hawkeye. Yeah, Fuck Jeremy Renner. I hate Jeremy Renner. <laughs> Great musician though. <laughs> um, Stick to music, Jeremy Renner. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I just, I just don't, I don't know. They're not bringing things to it for me, but generally speaking, all the sequences in this movie are good. Everything like the action sequences across the board, spectacular. It looks fantastic. The effects are all great. The filmmaking from a just pure, like we are shooting a scene of people interacting with each other level is better than almost anything else in the entire franchise. I mean, I've said this before, but like, from a not only is it all good just from a basic film standpoint, but if you consider that like film trying to ape comic books, yeah, it's more than good. It is 
damn near perfect. It's it's the only thing I've seen that is even comparable to Spider-Man yeah. 2. My issue is, do I really want film to ape comic books? Because like my, my issue is, again, like, and I say this as someone who grew up loving comic books, right now, as a 32-year-old man, do I really like comic book storytelling that much? And I think I like these movies. I enjoy watching these movies. This one, more than any of the others, soured more following watching it. Like the discrepancy between how I felt watching the movie and how I felt several days after having watched the movie is so significant and more so than what don't you like? It just feels to me like a whole lot of nothing because it, it because it starts in one place there's no actual risk to any of the characters and it ends in one place because more than any of the others this feels like the mcdonald's toy tie-in like movie you know it is the movie that is like we made all these ads for other movies and we're bringing them together and in many ways it feels like and its perfection is part of the issue is that like it is the most corporate ass thing i have ever witnessed okay and I think that like that starts to override with time that starts to override my enjoyment in the moments of the movie. But I'm also an asshole and pretentious. Well, so like, but all the parts. It's funny because like when I was watching, I was just like, "This is a lot of movie." Like when so I was watching, movie. I just like felt the weight of how big it is. But then in the time since then, what I remember are all like just parts of banter or parts of the action sequences where I'm like, that was just incredible. Like that was awesome. And I remember things where, and I've never had this experience before. Like I knew that people that like comics were always like, Oh, crossover. Cool. I never really got it. Right. But in this, it is like, there is something really enjoyable on a primal level to be like, Oh wow. I enjoy this character and I enjoy this character and the idea that they would interact. Like, it's funny. I feel like there's that sequence where they fight Mm -hmm. and that's, I feel like the most like stereotypical like comic book thing is like who would win in a fight with Thor? And I've but always... of course no one actually wins. Well, and I, I just think that's you kind gotta, of a silly to, question. Yeah, you have to please all the fanboys, so it's, no one can. It's win. a silly question, but I actually really like them just interacting. Like yes. I want to see when them they just talking, interact. It has the effect of the Game of Thrones situation where you're just like, what if we just threw Arya and yep. the Hound together? Well, it's like, like a sitcom what, where you, yeah. as a sitcom gets older, they just start combining different characters. Different characters, yeah. And it's so always the, fun. The B plots, yeah. You start, you like, okay, this person has the A plot this week, so yep. what if we just give these other two the B plot? They never hang out. They never hang out. Yeah. And I, I like that. Um, and admittedly, when I go back to the fighting thing, I actually am... I was curious, like, what happens if you hit Captain America's shield with Thor's hammer? And guess what? I got an answer. It works exactly like you'd expect. Yeah. So fine. <laughs> There's consistent physics. Yeah, that. like, yeah. okay, that, that makes sense. Um, so I, I just have trouble with it because, like, I don't love it. Like, I want to feel it in my heart. You know what I mean? Like, I want to love it because I like so much of it. Yeah. But I just don't, it doesn't, it doesn't connect with me super hard. And here is... I agree. Here it is. Bring it to me. I feel... Come to Jesus. Okay. No, I don't. There is a theme in this movie, a musical theme. Yes. The I think it's Sylvester pretty theme. weak. Very weak. John Williams is still alive. Yes. I think he retired, though. Uh, or he's going to retire. I think he's Wars. going to retire. Yeah. When this movie happened, John Williams was still an active entity. And the idea that I, as the person making these movies, would not go to John Williams and be like, you name your price, dude. Let's do it. John Is Williams doesn't need your money. I don't care what John he needs. Williams takes the projects that he my wants to movie take. needs. John Williams, <laughs> like uh, in, in all seriousness, though, like I remember having a conversation with my wife where we were talking yeah. about how good John Williams themes are and how movies don't have good themes anymore, yeah. and how we don't even like the Harry Which Potter movies. But when purposeful. we read Harry Potter, you hear the, we hear the Harry Potter music because yeah. it's such a perfect embodiment of the spirit of the thing somehow, and it's just like. He was still around. You had a chance. And but they've gone out of vogue. There's a lot of there's actually been a lot of writing about the Marvel the music in the Marvel movies and how it is a deliberate decision on their part to avoid iconic themes. It kills me because if there was an Avengers theme, I agree. And it kicked in. I when mean, they there got is to, an Avengers well, but theme. Like, if there but was like, one that I care I about. I dare any Avengers fan to email us with an audio file of them <laughs> humming the Avengers theme. Our podcast email we will is play it. <laughs> podcast at zerostars.co. Send that in. We will play it. It will be the theme music next week. You yes. give me your Avengers theme being hummed from memory. Do not cheat. Show me that theme. But seriously, like if there was, I can't imagine it because I'm not John Williams. 
but he's got to have something kicking around. Yeah. Like Raiders Lost Ark style or something that when you heard it, you would just be like, dude, the Avengers are assembling something that and I'm op- so fired yeah. up. Something that opens with like a bunch of drums just like building. Oh. Oh. Yeah. No, I mean, even Hans Zimmer could have done better. I, I just wish. Meanwhile, we got Forrest Gump. Alan Silvestri. It just doesn't. It just doesn't crank. Like yeah. I recognize it when it happens, but it doesn't. Like when it the Star Wars it, it credits swell, hit, you don't feel the swell. Like in I your body. feel John Williams scores in my chest. Yeah, I think that I would agree, and I hadn't thought of this before, but I think that the greatest mistake that the Marvel movies made was not was making the decision to not front and center the music. I agree. I f- I'm being totally serious when I say if if. John Williams had scored these movies. I feel like my overall opinion of them from the get-go would have been insanely higher. And he really just needs to score this one. That's movie. what I mean. And then they can just reuse that. Well, and and the, you know, I like that. Like Iron Man is always just like crunchy guitars, and I like yeah. you know, I, like you can do whatever you, can you still, want. Everyone can, you can still hire other composers for the individual movies, but but when they all come together, the you got to yeah, you have to it's have time to show swells. up. Yeah, like it, it. Oh, it just hurts me because I I can I can't hear it. But I can feel it. Yeah. And I want it so bad. I was thinking about this when I was taking a shower the other day, and I was just like so angry it pulls, that we were denied this. Yeah, it keeps it, it somehow like reduces the heart that it is does. so necessary to this. Because and I feel like my emotional connection to it would be stronger. I agree. Uh and I think that everybody else who already has the strongest emotional connection to it would only feel better. Yeah, well, that's what I yeah. that's what I mean when I talk about Harry these, Potter. These movies like, would I love sweep Harry the Potter. Oscars every year. Like in all seriousness, though, like people, I think they would be considered more "quote unquote" legitimate. Yeah. If they had something like that, where it was like all of your senses are a part of this. Yes. Like you you feel it when you if somebody just plays that out in the street, you would just be like, oh man, and you would see Iron Man like flying up to that ship immediately. Like your brain would just click to it. Yeah. And that's what it's missing. Yeah, I agree. I think it's that, and I think it's also just like a little bit of character bloat. It's just big. Yeah. It's just a fat movie. And the fact that it is very, 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 very corporate. Yeah. Well, you're not going to help that. No, but I like, know. it's fun. It's it's corporate in the best way, where I get to oh, see yeah. all, all the dudes. It's as, as good as corporate's going to get. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, And it does have character. Like, I'm not crazy about Joss Whedon, but I will say, like, it is unlike any of the other ones. Not only is he very competent and like, or not even beyond competent, very skilled yes. at directing, but like it also feels uniquely like a Joss Whedon movie. Yep. yep. And credit for that to have made a movie like this, this big, and still make it feel as though you are. There's no question that you are the director. Of it this has movie. an angle mm-hmm. which the other ones sometimes sort of lack. Yeah. It feel yeah. It's clearly somebody putting like their stamp there's just like a little bit of authorship there yep which is enough which is smart on marvel's part too to oh always they gotta give people room to move um all right so now we come to the moment in which we have to place this in the rankings oh are we gonna do post credit or are we gonna let's do that afterwards okay because we have to rank that as well i think this movie has to be number two i'm gonna agree with you We built that up as though it was going to be some huge fight. No. um, The more we talked about it, I was really... I did not enjoy watching this the way that I enjoyed watching Iron Man 2, but the more I think about it, I think that has a lot to do with the fact that I had seen this twice before. Yeah, having never seen it, like I enjoyed so much. I think, so and much. I just think that like it does not particularly connect with me, but it is so well made. It's so that well even made. though it doesn't connect with me on a visceral level the way that Iron Man 2 did a little bit more... Um, which is a weird a sentence I never thought I would say. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it is it is such a well made movie that it has to be number two. Well, and and I feel like you're right that things didn't really move in this movie, right? Yeah. But coming out of this movie, I am excited for the other movies. Mm-hmm. So it's like a nice place to stop for a second. It's our way station. Yeah, and now I'm like, all right, let's see other movies. Yeah. Like I I don't feel like my excitement was diminished for the other movies and I feel like I enjoyed my time there and it really did have some of the best action sequences I've like seen in a recent movie certainly. Um like dude, when Hulk punches that snake thing, <laughs> yeah, it's good. Those weird snake worms that fly through the it's, air. It's Alien, pretty. Yeah. Well, they fly through buildings. They fly through everything. They fly through everything. Yeah. Oh man, it's pretty cool. Man, good movie. Um. Yeah. All right. So, so that makes two. our list. Yeah. Iron Man one at number one. The Avengers at number two. Iron Man two at number three. 
Captain America, the first Avenger, at number four. <laughs> Thor at five. I liked it when Thor was at four. I liked it when Thor was at five. And the Incredible <laughs> Hulk at number 23. Uh, okay, post credit sequences. Uh, there's two. The first one is the head of the Chitari uh, walks up to this figure cloaked in shadows. Yes. And apologizes for having lost the Tesseract. And the creature turns around. Yes, and it is Josh Brolin. Is it actually Josh? It is Josh Brolin. Even at this point, they Even had cast him. at this point, they had cast him. Okay, because it is a That's person... Pretty, which is pretty dope. ...that we now know to be Thanos. Yeah. Uh, but it, at the time, again, this is another Unnamed. case of I really wish that I didn't know yes. what I just ambiently know about these movies, because you're like, oh, Would you not have known who that was if you oh, saw Oh, definitely that? not. Oh, okay, I would have known. I would have been like, ah, oh, that makes sense. Okay, well, I, I wouldn't have, and that would have been cool. I also would have been like, so the next Avengers movie, they'll fight this guy. I would never have guessed that it would take like another seven years. I like that it does. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. No. So pretty good post credit sequence. Yeah. Not not terrible. No, I thought it was it was good. It was exactly what I would have expected. Yeah, it, it totally yeah. is. Where because you're like, there's no way that the Chitari are a are, meaningful are the, entity yeah. in this. So um, that's the mid credit sequence technically, and then we get our true pro- post credit sequence, which and is it is awesome. Uh, and it is all of the Avengers in a shawarma restaurant yeah. eating in silence. <laughs> I had actually never seen this sequence before, so oh, this was man. the first time I'd seen it. I did not expect them to be silent, it's but like so funny. people are just like cleaning up rubble in the background, <laughs> and it is just it is a mess. But they are eating. Their Everyone shawarma. just looks so tired. Yeah. It is really good. It is. It is like it. Because none of us have fought aliens for hours <laughs> in New York City, like the closest corollary is like you've been out late partying with yes. your friends, and you're like, we gotta go get food. Let's do it. <laughs> but then you get, but you get the food, and then you're like, oh, I'm so fucking exhausted. I know you can just. Feel I've been it. drinking for hours. <laughs> I really enjoy it, and it's so charming, and it yeah. is, is honestly emblematic of everything that's like really good in this movie, and it's emblematic of like when Joss Whedon works. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I really I enjoyed it. Um, so where do you want to place these? I have no idea where the rankings are anymore. Let's just say we, we don't have them. We don't have post-credit rankings yeah. really anymore. We but abolish like, those. These are good ones. These are good ones. These are good yes. post-credit sequences. Uh, I still think Thanos is just like dumb looking. He's dumber looking now than he will be later. Good. <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> that's that's good. <laughs> I Having seen Infinity War, I was in awe of how well they had uh, animated. Oh, I can't and, wait. Yeah. We'll get there in a few months. Really <laughs> yeah, but More Febu- than a few. February, probably. Yeah. So look forward to that. All right. That was uh, the Avengers. I right now feel like I'm eating at a shawarma restaurant in silence. Hey, I'm like, oh. whoa, God. Whoo. Um, so yeah, let's talk about video games for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. I got nothing but time. All right. I'm just going to say it right now. That game Control by Remedy is pretty good. I encountered a game-breaking bug. Not happy. That's all I have to say.